Welcome back to Batch on the Couch, the podcast where comedy becomes clinical. Today, we are talking about perspective taking and acknowledging one's own fears. So as always, that's Liv. That's Jenna. Take a seat on the couch. I cannot express how excited I am that we are recording this week because I desperately needed to vent after last episode, last week's episode, and was like, I have to wait another week. (laughs) And I don't do well with managing my impulse control. Yeah, a lot happened. I also feel like it's going by so fast because what is next week, hometowns? Yeah, next week is hometowns, and this week having to go from seven to four women has been the most chaotic drop. And I feel like it always happens where all of a sudden you're at hometowns and you're like, oh, we have to, there's only four of them left. Yeah, it was a lot to say the least. Just a lot of emotions. I mean, per usual, but it was, I felt like just one after the other. Like things were just like piling up. They were, things were happening very fast and emotions were going very fast. And, you know, not like they haven't done that in the past, but it just felt a lot. Having the COVID, not necessarily intermission, but having that break in a sense of those one-on-one dates, those group dates, almost feels similarly to how the pandemic hit. It really felt jarring and that that time was almost in a sense lost. Yes, he was still connecting with people. And I think about Greer, for example, it's like, yes, the week still went on, but it felt like time was taken in a way that maybe hasn't before. Yeah. Oh, poor Greer. That was rough. Bringing her back and then him being like, sorry, I don't really feel anything. Like, I know you had COVID and you traveled this way, but um, bye. This poor thing to be like, at that point, those things were out of their control. And maybe that connection could have been something. Maybe it wouldn't anyway, but To have this thing entirely out of your control feel like it puts such a barrier between the opportunity of more time. I thought she handled herself so well, but she was so upset and like having to just the most she could muster up as a whisper in that conversation just because she's trying to keep it all together. My heart was breaking for her. And the the mascara running down her face. I was like, girl, it's going to be okay. Someone get her a waterproof mascara or a good primer. This poor girl. But yeah, a lot of of heartbreaks. Mm -hmm. One that I did see coming, though, was... uh, What's her name? The one who went home in the rose ceremony. Pat? Yes. Yeah, the nurse. I think she's a nurse or something. They're all nurses. Uh, That one, I think didn't really surprise me because I think it was the episode before that Zach was saying something like oh you know like things feel different between us um that you know the energy feels different so I was I was kind of not shocked at that one agreed I always try to take guesses at the start of the episode who I think is going to make it to the end of the episode and I was spot on for the final four just because Zach has been very clear about saying he's trying to trust his gut 
Mm -hmm. And because of that, I think it's almost like pretty easy to follow and understand his decisions up to this point, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Very open about his own emotions. And he never kind of wastes time with things. He says things how they are and also is very confident in like how he feels in the moment and he's able to outwardly express that as well. I agree. Um, Which actually leads me into my first question for you was I've seen a lot of things on Twitter and obviously Twitter can be very uh, pointed in certain directions and certain opinions. But how do you think Zach is handling being the bachelor, navigating these really tricky conversations, breakups as we get further along in this process? You know, I think out of all the bachelors, I might have said this before, but he is able to articulate how he's feeling and he's able to trust his instinct and like you said trust his gut and you see that in the moments where he does get emotional but then he's able to verbalize to the girls or you know a girl that he's sending home i i'm feeling this way and this is why i'm doing this and i'm trusting myself and I think he said that line in so many different dates and before sending so many different girls home that it's just you see his emotional maturity in ways that I don't think we've seen it in other bachelors I agree and I know you had commented on this I think day one you said he just really presents himself as very emotionally mature and very open and honest and communicating what he's thinking, what he's feeling, and having his actions reflect as such. I continue to be impressed by how he's navigating. And we, we've we talked about in the past with previous seasons, too, being in that lead role is hard. And there's a lot of scrutiny put on people in that position. I think anyone in a reality TV anything is going to kind of themselves out there to be ridiculed and you know me I'm very rarely rooting for the white man and (laughs) I keep trying to find something to dislike about him but I truly think he's doing such a great job in taking these challenging conversations or situations and doing his best to trust his gut while also being considerate of the women who are in their own journeys as well. One situation specifically, and this happened in last week's episode that I wanted to touch on, because I think oftentimes what happens on Twitter or what happens on social media is people throw around buzzwords like gaslighting, or they throw throw around words like invalidating and just kind of become this echo chamber of negativity towards this person who is doing their best. And I Mm -hmm. think when we start to take that step back, we can start to recognize all the different perspectives that are at play in this really tricky journey that he's navigating. Mm -hmm. The conversation between him and Jess last week, not sure if you saw on Twitter, but there was a lot of opinions stating how he felt really invalidating of her really wanting that one-on-one and feeling really hurt that she had yet to receive a one-on-one. And that conversation, they ended up going around and round in circles until eventually Zach was like, I don't think we're on the same page. And he sent her home. A lot of people had a problem with that. And I felt really alone because I was incredibly impressed on how he handled that. And I think 
And from my perspective, and I want to hear your thoughts too, from my perspective watching it, I could see that Jess was so incredibly anxious. She had been anxious the whole day, really. I She was really anxious. And because she was feeling anxious, her emotions were starting to take over and she was getting caught and feeling hurt that, oh, he doesn't want to spend time with me. He doesn't like me really questioning the relationship and getting in her head and in that anxiety spiral. Then when they're having that conversation, Zach was confused and the re- he wasn't confused because why would you want a one-on-one, which is what people were saying that he was doing. But he literally said something along the lines of, I felt good in our relationship. I have felt confident in this relationship. So I'm confused that we're getting stuck on this idea of a one-on-one being what dictates our relationship being good or not. Yeah. Where people are like, he's invalidating her feelings. And if anything, he wasn't. He was acknowledging her feelings. He was like acknowledging that, okay, I can see you're feeling hurt. Let me tell you my perspective. And at the end of the day, neither one of them were having an accessible time of understanding the other person's perspective, which is why they were going around and around in circles until eventually Zach was like, I I don't understand. I'm like, we're not on the same page. And he felt really blindsided as well. She felt really blindsided because I think they were having two different conversations. Yeah. While you were saying that, I was thinking about how when two people are in like very heightened emotional states i think it's never a good idea to problem solve to (laughs) try to work things out in that moment Mm -hmm. i think maybe what they needed in that moment was to take a little bit of space away from each other especially maybe it seemed like jess was in a more heightened emotional state than zach Mm -hmm. so maybe kind of stepping back for a second and then being able to continue that conversation a little bit later i know in reality tv like things have to move forward and everything but having conversations when both parties are not in a good headspace just leads to more disaster and chaos and miscommunication Exactly. I think we watched that happen in response to a lot of the things that social media does, right? They take this thing that they're viewing and it's not about picking one side or the other. It's trying to practice taking that step back and understanding all the different perspectives at play. I don't think Jess was going into that conversation with the intention to be like, this is all bad. She. It sounds like she went into the conversation wanting to express her feelings and get some clarity. But then because she was in this heightened place, was unable to really process or listen to what Zach was sharing and vice versa. I don't think Zach was going into the conversation being like, I'm going to invalidate and gaslight because her thoughts and feelings aren't valid. No, that didn't happen. We didn't see that. I think he was looking for trying to better understand what was going on because what he was hearing versus what he was feeling felt so different. But neither one of them were able to really grasp the other person's perspective because, as you said, that heightened emotional state is really difficult to access that logical thinking part of our brain. We need to practice taking that step Mm -hmm. back to assess all the different angles of the situation before we try to either problem solve or provide understanding. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's definitely 
tough also to recognize that, you know, you might be in that heightened emotional state. Because I think when people are in those states, that is all they're thinking about, mm-hmm. like how their emotion is presenting, you know, how they're feeling, what's going on in their body, um, just kind of being aware of that emotion state without being able to effectively see another person's perspective. It's kind of like, it, it might sound weird, but it's when people are in those emotional states, it's kind of all about like how they're feeling. And it's hard to like step out of that mm-hmm. and see that other perspective. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think we've talked about this way back when it's that, that idea of our lid flipping, right? When our emotional brain is so heightened, it takes over and that's the only thing that exists. It's not able to communicate with the problem solving part of our brain. And it's, it's the only thing that is, it's the only thing that exists, but that, that, that lid flipping, if you will. <laughs> the lid flipping. <laughs> Obviously it was really a big point last week's episode, but even in this week's episode, trying to understand other people's perspectives in these really higher emotional conversations. Or I think about this mentalist date that took place, which side note, I guess it's not a therapy date. So that's good. (laughs) We're taking a step forward, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But even in that date, they're kind of in all their minds and whatever. But trying to better understand like what people are thinking and what their perspectives are before you make a judgment or an assessment of your own. I'm just going to say that date made a lot of the girls spiral. And I was thinking about if I was like in that position of like, I don't know, someone reading my mind. No, (laughs) I could not. I couldn't. I would literally spiral myself to, I don't even know, non-existent. (laughs) bro i think i would love the date but i would also spiral i love like getting sick and twisted in my like in a brain and like i love the idea of someone else trying to decipher the shenanigans but i know like i would react to the same exact i think it'd be so cool but i'm huge into that like risk reward like it would be absolutely terrifying i'd be into it but it'd be terrifying (laughs) i'd be sobbing hysterically but i'd be like more please (laughs) But what does that say about me, I guess? It's the adrenaline rush. <laughs> no, that date was spooky. Yeah. Speaking of uh, spooky. Speaking of spooky. I wanted to bring up the concept of fear in this previous episode, the most recent one, yesterday's episode. Wow. There was a moment where Charity was talking about how she was fearful of heartbreak. Um, That stemmed from, and, you know, she talked about this in the episode before last night, um, how in her previous relationship seemed toxic. She was kind of scarred from that experience. So she was prepping herself for experiencing this heartbreak again and she was talking to zach about how she was very fearful of it happening again but she was also saying that she was acknowledging that fear she was 
verbalizing that fear, talking to him about it, she wasn't hiding from it. She was able to say, yeah, like, this is really scary. I'm very fearful of this. And how can I cope with this very difficult feeling? I was thinking about it. And as a society, I think we don't really talk openly about fear because it's a feeling that I think a lot of us don't really want to feel, even though it's so normal. You don't you don't get excited <laughs> about feeling fear? Weird. <laughs> I know. Got it. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this before, how like if we didn't have fear way back when, we wouldn't have survived. We wouldn't be the humans who we are today. We wouldn't be the society who we are today. So encouraging that like openness and talking about fear is really important. And I also found this very interesting article that kind of was leaning towards more of like the spiritual side of things. It was called... It's an article from the Center for Transformational Presence, but it was talking about how fear is there for a reason. And when it comes up, we should be thanking it for being there. We should listen to what you know it wants, why it's there, and kind of analyze, like, why am I feeling this way? Is it, like, preventing me from doing something? Is it making me avoid something? Or is it keeping me safe from something? So kind of analyzing what the purpose of that fear is. And then in this article, he was also saying how fear helps us find safety in ourselves and not another person. So it helps us to really hone our own coping skills and how we feel safe as an individual rather than relying on another person to provide that. And, you know, of course, fear is also a situation of fear can also be a place of learning and growth. So kind of leaning into that and seeing where it takes you from there. No, I really like that. And it's understanding, as you said, there's this piece around fear is there for a reason. It's a messenger and it is trying to protect us and we can acknowledge it. We can thank it for trying to do this. And also almost in a sense, Marie Kondo it like, thank you for your service. I can let this go. Mm-hmm. It, that takes a lot of practice because it's uncomfortable. It's building that tolerance to the uncomfortable thing because, again, mm-hmm. no one likes to wake up and feel scared or feel un- uncomfy. But by kind of thanking that emotion as uncomfortable as it is, welcoming it and thanking it and pushing forward to move towards the directions that you want to be moving towards. And I think Charity is a really great example that her previous relationship was really toxic and there's a lot of fear that she held because of that or maybe that she learned in ways that she tried to protect herself in that and she knows that finding safety and comfort in a partner is something that's important to her so despite these fears she's moving forward yeah i think it's an important concept that she did like realize throughout her journey here and she was able to kind of put that into practice yeah with all of that like having a therapist who's gotten this far is really (laughs) really interesting to watch because it is Mm -hmm. such a high emotional journey like high intensity of emotions journey and to have someone who has a to some extent a really clinical understanding of these pieces and trying to move forward and what 
are going to be the what she wants for her own life and being able to apply a lot of these things is really cool to see yeah go therapist woo <laughs> i like to think that's how we would act if we were on <laughs> right <laughs> i like to think we would be that beautiful graceful and uh in tuned <laughs> <laughs> Knowing damn well we'd be spazzing, but it's fine. Oh, yeah. Spiraling. (laughs) (laughs) To be like, other people trust her with mental health. Whoops. (laughs) We're thriving. I think that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow Bachelor on the Couch on Instagram and Facebook and Batch on the Couch on Twitter and TikTok. Or check us out at BachelorOnTheCouch.com and send us an email at BachelorOnTheCouch at gmail.com. That's that. Bye.